Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg in the Coliseum in Italy, duking it out MMA style. Who is going to win? Now, I don't know that that will actually happen. It would be cool. But apparently this uh, MMA fight is uh, in the works between the two. And Mark Zuckerberg has officially launched his Twitter killer threads. It went live last night and has signed up already 23 million people. Now, depending on which part of the Internet you live in, you're hearing different stories. I love this from the Daily Beast. Zuckerberg twists the knife in Twitter as millions flock to threads. You know, I just... It is so embarrassing for these people. It is every they've been trying to quit Twitter. They can't do it. And uh, actually, I do have a tweet. Maybe I can pull it up. Is this one it? Sonny Bunch posts a picture of Dr. Manhattan and writes, it is 2023 and I am joining Mastodon. It is 2023 and I am joining Blue Sky. It is 2023 and I am joining Threads. Oh, boy. Over and over again. Leftists and liberals are like, I'm going to leave Twitter and go to this this platform. And then they don't sort of they do sometimes. But these platforms never work. Now, I signed up for threads, wanted to see what it was all about. And it's awful. You know, I don't hate Mark Zuckerberg. I don't. I think he's done bad things. And uh, I just I, I, I don't think there's any like grand and nefarious plot. I think the dude is actually kind of out of it. Like he made a social media platform, government comes in, creepy investors comes in, and he just, you know, dutes along with all of these awful things. And he really just doesn't get it. But I think he does a lot of bad things. You know, that being said, I don't hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. I think a lot of powerful people do things we don't like. And I'm hoping maybe he can do right with this platform. I really doubt it. Already, Threads by Meta is censoring people for talking about gender or the like. Meanwhile, you've got leftists and liberals saying, can you ban politics? We don't want to talk about politics. Oh, I'm sure everyone will want to use your conversation platform, not for conversations. It makes literally no sense. I'm going to tell you why I think this app will be another flash in the pan. 
Come on, Blue Sky exists. Remember Google Plus? Everybody's tried to make some kind of uh, competition to each other's platforms. They tend not to work. I'll tell you why Twitter worked. It's actually quite simple. Because at the time when it launched, it was the free speech wing of the free speech party. That's what Jack Dorsey said, or I don't know if it was Dorsey, but that's what Twitter said. You could go on the platform and there would be a celebrity. There would be a member of Congress. For the first time, this is, this is revolutionary. For the first time, you could tell a member of Congress directly on their post to screw off. That's what it was. That's what it was. So many people would see a congressman on TV, a congresswoman, a politician on TV, and they couldn't say anything. I mean, you can call their office, maybe send a postcard, but it's not really that effective. All of a sudden, when this person tweets something like, we're going to you know, pass this new tax funding bill to fund this program, you could respond, you are stupid. Your taxes are stupid. Stop raising my taxes. You could actually call a politician stupid. You could also ask serious questions. You could actually, t- I remember this back in the day, in the early days of like Twitter's, ma- I, I've been on Twitter since 2009. I remember back in the, in the early days, there'd be a celebrity and you would tweet something like, hey, celebrity, big fan of your movie, really cool. And they'd respond and they'd be like, thank you for, you'd be like, whoa, I actually just talked with, insert famous actor. It, it became most powerful when uh, protest movements started using the platform to discuss their ideas. And there's Occupy Wall Street and uh, related protests where activists were using the platforms to spread political ideology. And this led to fierce debate. Well, here's what ends up happening. Twitter and their crackpot loser of management, uh, <laughs> a combination of things, started taking direction from government. We know that now because there's, there's active, uh, uh, Biden, the Biden admin, is trying to, uh, is filing an appeal with the government to be able to censor people's speech. It's a really remarkable attempt, by the way. But it used to be that you could debate things. And then liberals and leftists were like, we're terrified of ideas that we don't know how to argue against. Stop. And so what happens? They start banning anybody who says things like there are only two genders. They make misgendering a violation. Now, Twitter starts banning people. So it's no surprise Twitter stagnated. Twitter is not Facebook. Twitter is not Instagram. Twitter is not TikTok. What is TikTok? You know, there's a lot of politics on TikTok and they ban everybody who disagrees with their crackpot ideology. But TikTok is a lot of uh, non-political stuff for the most part. It's, you know, people dancing and pointing to like a cheeseburger and stuff like that. It's a lot of just like really general content. I do think TikTok is very, very bad for censoring politics. Instagram, what's that? There's a lot of memes. Not, not so much. So for the most part, it's like, here's a photo of my life. What's Facebook? A phone book. Facebook is a phone book. That's really what it is. I message people sometimes on the Facebook app, messenger app. What is Twitter? Public square, where conversation and debate can occur. So if Mark Zuckerberg thinks he's going to create an app where you cannot have conversations where the point of the app is to have conversations, I would just like to cue up that image from Iron Man 1 when Jim Cramer says, this is a weapons company that doesn't make weapons. Sell, 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 and then hits the mug with the baseball bat. uh, Facebook Meta, Meta Threads, is a conversation app that doesn't allow conversations. Amazing attempt at being stupid. Seriously? It's incredible. But hold on there a minute, my friends. NBC News says Instagram threads burst out of the gate 
with more than 23 million signups. Sure. I signed up. I want to see what was going on at the platform. And then you have the Daily Beasts. Zuckerberg twists the knife in Twitter as millions flock to threads. Blah, blah, blah. I love this one. Mark Zuckerberg tweeted on Twitter. He tweeted, Spider-Man pointing at each other. Dude, you know what? This actually is a fair representation of what I think is going on. If you truly understand this image, you will understand Mark Zuckerberg's failure. Oh, no. Zuck, zuck, zuck. You see, this image is an imposter Spider-Man on the left pointing to the actual Spider-Man on the right. That's right. The guy on the left is not really Spider-Man. You can tell by the strange uniform, the outfit that he is wearing that is not all the same as the actual Spider-Man's. Yeah. And that's what it is. Threads is not a Twitter killer. I really doubt it will take off. There are many people saying, I, you know, I, I posted on threads, why use this app? And there are people saying, because I've been banned from Twitter and Elon Musk won't unban me. Bro, if you think Mark Zuckerberg is going to be more lenient on your conversations, good luck. They're already banning people. They're already censoring things. Here we go. Let's talk about threads. This is a tweet from Low IQ Canine. I don't know who this is, but I saw this, uh, uh, this tweet and uh, people, some, some, I saw someone had referenced it. And this is what their complaint was. There's no search bar. There are no hashtags. The timeline is non-chronological. Uh, it has sponsored influencers you don't follow or, or care about. You can't turn those things off. Basically, the app is dead in the water for creators. Without hashtags or a search bar, the only way right now for a post to gain traction is by reposts, which you already need a sizable, sizable follower base from Instagram to rely on. And even then, those will be buried in the influencer spam. And for non-creators, without a search bar, they're relying on other platforms for you to find people to follow, which at that point, you could just use that platform. And without any content on there, without creators, there isn't much to do. It's closer to Facebook than Twitter IMO. I agree. Uh, I, I agree. This is a big problem with Instagram. You know how you get followers on Instagram? You be famous. Seriously. You be famous. I don't post all that often and I gain followers. People follow me on Instagram, even though I post like once a month or something. Uh, you know, I'm posting some skateboard. I posted some skateboard clips recently and I'll post some memes and like news articles. But for the most part, no one shares your post. Now, you can like a, a post on Instagram and then someone can see in their feed that you like to post and they can discover you that way. But discovery is very, very difficult. On Twitter, it's very easy. Why? You tweet, someone retweets. Then someone else retweets. It creates an exponential wave of people retweeting you and you gain lots of followers. That's why Twitter works. It allows a regular person to speak something and the best ideas take off. It's really amazing. It's meritocratic. A hundred people tweet an idea. Some of those get retweets. One of those gets more retweets. Everyone then agrees. And that one gets a billion views. It's happened. And the left's like, there's no way that tweet got a billion views. Yeah, it got embedded in news articles. So yes, it did. Yeah, some woman posted some joke and they were like, Elon Musk is lying. This tweet can't have a billion views. And they don't realize that the tweet was embedded in a whole bunch of news articles. And many of those views were not, they're not unique views. It's people seeing the tweet over and over again. So yeah. Doge Designer says, Meta's new app was built entirely using this keyboard and it's a keyboard with three buttons, control C and V. That means copy and paste. Elon Musk responded with a laughing face. And then I think we got another one. Uh, internal tech emails. Elon Musk on Instagram, August 21st, 2018. He said, I just deleted my Instagram weak sauce. Yeah, I don't know exactly, uh, exactly why. He says, 
it is definitely preferable to be attacked by strangers on Twitter than indulge in the false happiness of hide the pain Instagram. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine Engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash Carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. It is. Yeah, people are not. Look, the Daily Beast is saying that Zuckerberg's twisting the knife because it's cult. It's, it's, it's cultism. It's a, tr- it's a tribal cultism. Let's just break it down reasonably and rationally. Blue Sky did not work. Mastodon did not work. Threads has a very low probability of working. There's no uh, search bar. There's no hashtags. It's bulky. People have limited followers. Why use it at all, especially with censorship? There is a possibility it does take off to some degree because it is integrated with Instagram. And so anybody who follows me on Instagram with signs up can instantly just follow me by clicking a button, not following me. They can say, like, follow all the same people. So I did that. Here's the thing, my friends. Twitter for me, it's the newsreel. Who do I follow on Twitter? People I, I don't I don't follow people on Twitter that I want. I want to see fam- family photos of Instagram for the most part. I follow some interesting travel accounts. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's not news, culture, and politics like Twitter is. Twitter is our water cooler. It is our news feed. Why use threads? Conversations spark anger. They always talk about, don't go to Thanksgiving and talk about money, religion, or politics. That's conversation, always. You know, I was hanging out with some people um, a while ago. Uh, I had a conversation with some friends and we were talking about why every single time we start talking, it turns political because that's what talking is. Now, of course, you can talk about sports, but even sports brings up. I'm not I'm not trying to uh, even sports can get political with like Colin Kaepernick and stuff. I'm not trying to say everything's political. It sort of is. The left likes to say that. What I'm saying is someone will say something like, man, I got I got pulled over the other day. It's BS. They said I was speeding. Where do you think that leads to? Now you're opening the door to police, unnecessary fines, the Constitution, speeding laws, etc. The conversation typically does not go to what kind of car were you driving? Was it a fast car? I once built a fast car. No, the conversation typically goes to, yeah, dude, I once got pulled over and this cop did X, Y, and Z and it was BS. The conversation invariably begins to turn political. And then you're like, well, that's why you got to vote for this person. That's why you got to vote for that person. This is the point of conversation. They get dirty. Instagram is pictures of life. It's a it's a, it's a vanity filter. You take a picture of you, uh, you know, visiting the Eiffel Tower and you show people like, look at this thing I saw. I mean, you can post conflict and crisis on Instagram, but people don't really want to see that. 
Granted, memes do work really well on Instagram. So there's that. Michael Schellenberger says, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Meta's new app, Threads, has promised users a better experience than Twitter, but he is censoring users and offering no avenue of appeal. I should highlight this. This one's very important. Daily Mail says, everyone running back to Twitter after trying Threads for five minutes. Social media erupts with memes slamming Zuckerberg's new app to rival Elon's as they complain about bugs and lack of basic features. Yep. Everyone running back to Twitter after trying Threads for five minutes. And it's a funny little video. Seeing the people you know from Twitter on Threads. Haha. Everyone running back to Twitter. And it's the it's that half, half uh, Super Bowl show. Here we go. Zucker, uh, Musk's Twitter or Zuckerberg's Threads. And it's home around a ball between a ro- on a working ball between a rock and a hard place. It's a bar called a hard place. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Everyone's basically posting the same thing. But I think this is the important takeaway. Schellenberger says on Threads, the founder of Threads, Zuck and uh, Mossery, have promised a better experience for users, but they're already censoring users and offering no avenue to appeal. The American people have given broad legal liability protection known as Section 230, which allows uh, allows Threads, Twitter, Facebook, and all social media platforms to exist. Shouldn't we have a right to appeal our censorship? Shouldn't we get full transparency? He goes on. Hi, Zuck. Hi, Mossery. Congrats on the launch. I saw this warning on user's account. Are you considering other ways of making content moderation and censorship transparent at threads? Are you operating deamplification lists and filtering mechanisms, etc., etc.? DC Drano posted, first five minutes on threads and already censored. What a platform. And what did he say? It says, we are live on threads and ready to expose Biden's corrupt government. And when you try to follow DC Drano, it says, Are you sure you want to follow DC Drano? This account has repeatedly posted false information that has been reviewed by independent fact checkers, blah, blah, blah. Here's 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 a good one. Steve McGuire says, look, looks like that's the plan. Mark Cuban said, hey, Zuck, you sure you have to open this up to everyone? It's pretty nice right now. Amazing people on here. Zuck says the goal is to keep it as friendly as it expands. I think it's possible and will ultimately be the key to its success. That's one reason why Twitter never succeeded as much as I think it should have. And we want to do it differently. Let me tell you all a story. I've been on Facebook forever. I remember when Facebook launched. I remember when uh, Twitter launches and I said, why would I use Twitter? I can post an update in 140 characters or whatever. I can post that on Facebook. I can post a status update on Facebook saying, hey, guys, I'm going to do this thing. I can also connect with my friends, message them privately. Twitter doesn't offer any of that. Why use it? Well, there was a reason. Because it was a simple way of conversations with each other, with people who didn't follow you. See, on Facebook, you make a post, your friends could see it. On Twitter, you make a post, anyone could see it. That was the point. And that meant sometimes people would fight with each other. If Mark Zuckerberg thinks he's going to make a crappier version of Facebook on Instagram, why would anybody use that? especially with increased censorship. There's a whole, here's another one. Can we focus on kindness? We are definitely focusing on kindness and making this a friendly place. Are we really? Yeah, I don't see it. I really don't. Sonny Bunch hit the nail on the head with the hammer. I am joining Mastodon. I am joining Blue Sky. I am joining Threads. Nah, I just don't see it. One person tweeted, this is from Daily Mail. How did y'all expect threads to be better than Twitter when they can't even fix Instagram? Me counting all the new bugs and basic features thread lacks. That's right. 
They say people can control who mentions them, who can reply to them on the new app. Replies to threads containing specific words can be filtered out and blah, 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 blah. Any use, any accounts a user has blocked on Instagram will automatically be, be blocked on the new app. There's already a bunch of people who are talking about their posts having been remo- removed. I saw one person post how they, they said something like there are only two genders or whatever censored. Why would anyone use an app that's worse than Twitter? Twitter has critical mass. Twitter affects politics. Followers are already there. First, I'll tell you the real hurdle. As with all of these platforms, the real hurdle is getting followers. That's the reality. You can't get followers. Why use the app? Everybody's got a million and one app uh, apps to use, a bunch of accounts. What's happening is that people are signing up as placeholders in case it does take off. They want to make sure their username is saved. I'm pretty sure that Threads just uses your Instagram, so you can't take someone else's Instagram name. I'm going to make a post. <clears throat> I got 1.7 million followers on Twitter. This is the challenge. A lot of people, I remember Parler, you know, Gab, all these other platforms. Listen, I have only so much time. I'm going to make a post. I want it to have maximum impact. Now, we here at Timcast, there are multiple employees who handle social media and various posts. So it's not as difficult when I post something on YouTube for it to be posted on all other video platforms because we have a team who can do that. But for the average person, it doesn't make sense. Why make a post to a platform that no one will see it? You're likely to get banned. You struggle to get any attention. No one can search for you. And then you have 3,000 followers. It does not make sense. Why engage in a conversation platform where you will get banned if you have a conversation? This is what Mark Zuckerberg is going to do with threads and kindness. Someone will say, I went to a political event today and I saw a thing. And all the responses will be like, thing is good. You're good. We like thing. Thing is good. What's the point? There's no real conversation. It's like daycare. It's a waste of time. There will be no meaningful debate. There will be no rage baiting. There will be no conflict or controversy. The Young Turks are embroiled in it once again because they're taking obvious liberal positions that the left hates. You know, Anna Kasparian said, don't refer to women's parts as bonus holes. And they were like, liar, liar, that never happened. But Anna's correct, it did. That kind of thing won't happen on threads. It's unkind. If you say don't refer to women's parts as bonus holes, I wouldn't be surprised if threads censors your post and says, hey, you're being mean to people who use the word bonus hole. And this is the issue with the left and wokeness. They will insult you. They will make slurs and they will argue it's kindness. They say cisgender is not a slur, despite the fact they only ever use it in a negative context to insult people. Seriously, look it up. Look up on Twitter, CIS, cis and cisgender, and what will you find? Derisive language. No one is, very rarely do you get any conversation where someone will say something to the effect of, you know, when meeting with a trans person or a cis person, we have interesting and beautiful conversations. That's rare. Typically what they'll say is, cis people do this thing, and cis people do that thing. They're using it in a way to isolate a group of people for derision. They argue it's not a slur. It's a scientific term. Well, homo is a scientific term, still a slur when applied to gay people. 
This is the game. If Mark Zuckerberg thinks he can make a platform with kindness, he is laughably ignorant. Because what you really have is two factions who say things that either side does not like. Mark Zuckerberg will just end up creating a vapid, disgusting, and rage-filled platform for liberals. He can ban them all he wants. It will still get bad. Come on. Mark Cuban tweet, uh, uh, threading, whatever you want to call it. You shouldn't allow. It's so nice here. We should keep it this way. That's offensive. What people is he talking about? Is he being racist, sexist, bigoted? Only some people? Mm, elitist? Who's he talking about? You see, that's offensive and unkind. It is unkind of you, Mark Cuban, to say that certain people shouldn't be allowed on a platform without specifying what you're talking about. Certain people? What does that mean? Come on, Zuck. You defended that? Please. Your platform is already garbage. You either make a platform where people can speak and debate, or you don't have one at all. And for that reason, Elon Musk is correct, and he's actually fixing Twitter. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I've heard this rumor. Some people are speculating there's not going to be a 2024 election, and I find it kind of silly because that's a huge departure from where we're at. But we are in a dark place. So part of me starts to, I don't know, grow concerned. Concerned that, I don't know how, you know, if those kind of crazy ideas will happen, but something dark truly is happening. And we have this uh, story, this tweet from ALX, breaking. The Biden administration has officially filed a notice of appeal in the Missouri v. Biden censorship case after a federal judge issued a preliminary injunction order barring government officials from contacting social media companies to suppress lawful speech. That's right. The Biden administration is appealing a ruling that said you do not, as the government, have the right to censor Americans' speech. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. This is the First Amendment. To put it simply, Democrats, the Biden administration, the corporate press are all in alignment that the Constitution should be overturned. Okay, perhaps a little hyperbolic, but uh, I'm not just talking about this case. Let's talk about COVID mandates. Yeah. How about this? The Third Amendment was actually violated. When several jurisdictions ordered landlords could not evict individuals, that was the government saying, I kid you not, 
the often ignored Third Amendment states that the government cannot quarter soldiers in private homes. And when the COVID mandates came down and they said you can't evict people, the government was saying if someone is a soldier with a, a, a service member in the U.S. government, they will be quartered in your house regardless of what you want. They always consider, I think they, they, someone may have actually filed the suit. I don't know if it actually went to lawsuit, but let's talk about it. The First Amendment. Obvious. Right now, the Biden administration is seeking the right to appeal a court ruling barring them from violating the First Amendment. Let's talk about the Second Amendment. On this front, I agree that we are winning. And I, I do think we're winning across the board. Don't get me wrong. It's about the intentions of the Democrats, the corporate press and the corporate establishment. The Second Amendment's obvious. You've got tons of unjust laws and rulings, but most importantly, you had the ATF pistol brace rule that sought to imprison people for a crime that was never a crime. That's right. The ATF just said, you know what? We're going to criminally charge anybody who's got a pistol brace attached to a weapon because we now determine it's a short barreled rifle. Yes, yeah, here's how it's supposed to work. Congress passes laws. And if you break those laws, you can be indicted. Since when does the executive branch under Joe Biden have the authority to decree you've committed a crime? I mentioned the Third Amendment. Let's talk about the Fourth Amendment. Unlawful search and seizure. Let's be real. Biden didn't invent this. The neocons had their hand in that one, but we get it. They're spying on your web data. They've been for a long time. That's it. The Fifth Amendment. You want to talk about all of the, we've got between the fifth and the sixth, the right to a speedy trial, a trial, a jury of your peers, the, the right to avoid self-incrimination. We can talk about the IRS all day. It's one of the best arguments the libertarians brought forward. Self-incrimination. If it is illegal to not pay taxes, requiring you to incriminate yourself to the IRS by reporting your income violates the Fifth Amendment. That one I find kind of hilarious. It's like, yeah, it's overtly true. But let's just talk about January 6th. Yeah. The people who have been locked up for years without charge or trial. Let's talk about Abdulrahman Alalaki. The Constitution is basically Swiss cheese at this point. And the fear I have is that with the powerful interests in the corporate press and the neo-lib neocon establishment, yeah, we're headed towards something dark. Maybe the idea that there wouldn't be an election is silly because, you know, these corrupt individuals certainly want there to be at least a mock election. But this is why some people are actually arguing they don't think we can make it that far. Again, I think that's a bit bold to claim. We'll see what happens in 2028. Not that, you know, because you got a lot of years between now and then. But if, if things keep going this way, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure where we can, where, how we how we move forward as a country. The Constitution being completely under attack across the board. Now, don't get me wrong. You got some amend amendments up there. I think, what is the seventh one? That's like the, the civil lawsuits for $20 or something like that. Yeah, okay. Some of them are a bit silly. Ninth and 10th, states' rights. It's interesting whether or not states will actually retain their rights. I mean, you can take a look at the fervor over things like Roe v. Wade. You can take a look at the border crisis. I got to be honest. The Constitution is being treated like a garbage. You can go back to 2020 and talk about the rights of the vice president, how the media claimed he had none, but then they tried to pass a law removing the vice president's authority. You see how this game is being played. Let's start with this story from the New York Times, and you'll understand the Biden administration is seeking to overturn the First Amendment. But let's take a look at how the corporate press frames this story. Ruling puts social media at crossroads of disinformation and free speech. 
the case, which could alter how the government battles disinformation. Full stop. The government is not supposed to be in the business of determining truth. But here we are. They say it's a flashpoint in a broader effort by conservatives to document what they contend is a liberal conspiracy to silence their views. Oh, boy. They say two months after President Biden took office, his top digital advisor emailed officials at Facebook, urging them to do more to limit the spread of vaccine hesitancy on the social media platform. Full stop. By what right does the government have the authority to ask a private platform to control speech? This violates the First Amendment in every obvious way. At the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, officials held weekly sync meetings with Facebook, once emailing the company 16, quote, misinformation posts. And in the summer of 2021, the Surgeon General's top aide repeatedly urged Google, Facebook and Twitter to do more to combat disinformation. The examples are among dozens of interactions described in a 155 page ruling by a federal judge in Louisiana who on Tuesday imposed temporary but far reaching limits on how members of Mr. Biden's administration can engage with social media companies. The government appealed the ruling on Wednesday. The case is a flashpoint in the broader effort by conservatives to document what they contend is a liberal conspiracy by Democrats and tech company executives to silence their views. I want to tell you what evil is. Evil is there's a lot of different definitions, but I view it as like destruction for the sake of destruction, harm for the sake of harm or harm for self-interest and self-gain. I view the good as working towards a better future for everybody, finding compromise and a balance between our rights and how we all choose to live together. And I should clarify that in our rights are, are not up for negotiation, but we do try to figure out what the limits on constitutional protections are. That is to say, there are limits to what some, some people argue you can say whatever you want. I, I'm not a free speech absolutist. There are difficult questions there. But this is the point. The good is, how can I figure out how you and I live together peacefully? These people are evil. Conspiracy, conservatives, Democrats, Let's talk about truth. I'm not a conservative. They'll argue that I am. I hold many liberal views. In fact, I would probably fall more into the centrist position. I think it's funny when I have conversations with liberals and I'm like, I think this show is actually fairly centrist. You know, Timcast, IRL and Timcast in that some of my views are more liberal. Some of my views are, are, are more conservative, which is what centrism typically is. But they don't hold those views. Everything is either right wing or normal to them. But let's talk about this. They contend as a liberal conspiracy by Democrats. The New York Times, you're literally lying about what's going on. You're literally misleading people in an effort to gain political power. It taps into the fury on the right about how social media companies have treated stories about the origins of COVID, the 2020 election, and Hunter Biden, the president's son. Big tech companies are silencing conservatives. That's not enough up for debate. They've admitted it. There have been whistleblowers. We know they do it. It doesn't matter if you're a conservative who thinks liberals are doing it. These things are actually happening. Even Threads, the new platform, is censoring individuals. We know that the media suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story. We know that resulted in a change in perception of the Bidens and benefited them in the election. These aren't conspiracies people are contending. These are things widely reported and factually true. You get it now? The New York Times is lying. 
They say the final outcome could shape the future of First Amendment law in a rapidly changing media environment and alter how far the government can go in trying to prevent the spread of potentially dangerous information, particularly in an election or during emergencies like a pandemic. The government's actions at the heart of the case were intended largely as public health measures. But Tuesday's order instead viewed the issue through the filter of partisan culture wars, asking whether the government violated the First Amendment by unlawfully threatening the social media companies to censor speech that Mr. Biden's administration found distasteful and potentially potentially harmful to the public. That's literally what happened. Biden officials contacted big tech and said these things should be removed. It's your own policy, by the way. The government has no right to do this. The case was brought by two Republican attorneys general and five individuals who campaigned against masks argued that vaccines did not work, opposed lockdowns and pushed drugs that medical experts denounce as ineffective like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And it is being overseen by Judge Terry A. Doty, who was appointed by President Donald J. Trump and has previously expressed little skepticism about debunked claims from vaccine skeptics. In one case, Judge Doty accepted as fact the claim that COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent transmission of the disease. Let's play the old milk toast fence sitter game. Let me say this. I, I am not convinced of iv- ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Not at all. I strongly recommend you find a good doctor, one you trust and can answer these questions. I do not believe it is fair to say, as I had the debate with Alex Stein, that all doctors are bad. That's insane to me. Clearly, there are a lot of bad doctors. To what percentage? I don't know. But you can find good doctors and you don't have to be rich to do it. The idea that there are no Trump supporting doctors anywhere is just weird to me. There are clearly doctors who are leading the cause against certain views in the medical establishment. They exist. Find a doctor you trust. Don't get your advice from podcasters other than to go to a doctor. But let me, let me, let me say this. I don't know enough about masks at this point. I think even YouTube has removed the rule saying you, uh, you, you, if you said masks didn't work before, they'd ban you. Vaccines did not work as a very fair, fairly uh, vague and nebulous statement. If we're talking about transmission, there are reports that I will show you in a second that say they don't stop the transmission and people who got the vaccine still got sick. If that's your definition of not working, then OK, it's an opinion statement. Here's my favorite. In one previous case, Judge Doty accepted as fact the claim that COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent transmission of, a, of the disease. They claim that was debunked. Okay, well, I I don't know. I don't want to tell you. All I can do is show you this. Here's Tablet Magazine. Tablet Magazine says vaccines never prevented the transmission of COVID. I don't know if that's absolute. All I know is NewsGuard certified. Talk to a doctor. You know, literally, I mean, I'm not saying go to a random doctor and just take every word they say as law. I'm saying you got to do the research. You got to find someone you know and trust who is a good doctor. But here is the FDA. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll 
also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. In 2020, saying, quote, nor is there evidence that the vaccine prevents transmission of SARS-CoV-2 uh, from person to person. I don't know what that means. That's what's cited in these studies. That's what's cited by this judge. And perhaps it's true. Don't take my word for it. All I can do is tell you what they have reported, what the FDA has said. It's entirely possible that information has been updated since then. However, Tablet Magazine reported this in October of 2022. So take it with a grain of salt. My point is this. If a judge were to see a statement from the FBI, I'm sorry, from the FDA, not the FBI, and assert that they must be the experts, how are you going to come out and claim it's a debunked claim when the FDA is the is the premise for why the judge thinks this? You see how the media lies? Judge Doty was confirmed in 2018 by a vote of 98 to zero in the Western District of Louisiana, et cetera, et cetera. Liberty interests of individuals mandated to take the COVID-19 vaccine outweigh any interest generated by the mandatory administration of vaccines. One of the, there's a quote. The judge's preliminary injunction is already having an impact. A previously scheduled meeting on threat identification on Thursday between State Department officials and social media executives was abruptly canceled. These are the dirty games that these people play. Let's go back to Ohio. Ohio passed some, I think it was Ohio, uh, or it might have been Indiana. I think Indiana. So uh, one of these states passed... Uh, abortion restrictions. Might have been Ohio. A young girl who was raped sought an abortion in a separate state. And a big stink was made about how they couldn't get it in their home state and how horrible this was. But the reality was the government came out and actually said they were completely exempt and would have been able to get this procedure because it was a young girl who had been abused. They lied. The political stunt was a hoax intended to gain political power and manipulate you into thinking that there were no exceptions for people in these circumstances. This is where we're at right now. They're lying about what is actually going on, saying, oh, no, we're forced to cancel this meeting because of this ruling. No, the ruling specifically said the only thing you couldn't do was bar people's speech. It actually exempted them. It said you can meet for issues of national security. You know what's actually happening? What's actually being exposed? The government likely intended, the Biden administration likely intended to seek suppression of speech under the guise of national security, and now they cannot do it. Reminds me of Florida. The DeSantis administration banned children attending adult sex performances. And then one city, a county, canceled their pride event and said, oh, no, because of Ron DeSantis, we can't have pride. The real question is, what were you planning on doing at your pride event? Please explain this one to me. Yeah, they're either lying and trying to make you think that something this is the it's, 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 a, it's a manipulation is a trick. You say no one's allowed to drink, you know, moonshine. And they go, now I have to throw away all my beer. No one told you you couldn't have beer. But they're lying, trying to trick the regular people to make it seem like one side is being completely unreasonable. I remember this story about uh, this is back when I was working at Fusion. It was about the Religious Freedom Act or something that's passed in some state. And so I read the bill over and over again, and I read some uh, um, 
hypo- like some, some uh, analyses of the bill. And it basically just said that people would have the right to practice their religion or something like that. And the media kept saying it would make gay marriage illegal or something ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm trying to cover this and I can't find anywhere that it says this, nor any legal opinion to back this up. Genuinely was trying to figure out what they meant by it. And we tried our hardest to understand what the argument was. And in the end, me and a few of the other employees and these other employees were fairly liberal. They were just like, I don't know how we actually move forward beyond this, you know, this video, like doing more of the story because we can't figure out what they're actually saying. It doesn't say this anywhere. The arguments put forward by the left were not true. And we couldn't justify with any citations or facts. So we abandoned it. But these people, they're liars. And this is where we're at. The Biden administration is actively trying to overturn the First Amendment. This is not being cute. This is factually true. The government, the Biden administration, I should say, was barred from getting people banned for their political views. And they have appealed it, seeking the right to go to large private organizations and silence the American population, populace. It's just right in front of us. Last night, we were talking about January Sixers. There's a guy who's been in prison for over two years, two and a half years now, without charge or trial, nonviolent trespass, effectively. They haven't charged him, so we don't really know, but nonviolent guy who was there. They told him that he would have to take a plea agreement where he apologizes and denounces Trump, saying Trump made him do. He said no. So they've kept him locked up without charge or trial. If you think the Constitution at this point is doing anything for you, I'm sorry. These people have violated every norm. They have violated all of our cultural values. And so I talk about civil war. And the reason they're trying to imprison the front runner for the Republican Party. They are trying to imprison, quite literally, the front runner, period. Donald Trump is the favorite right now to win. I don't know that he will. I don't. But he is the favorite. Daily Mail reports Trump leads Biden in swing states that will decide the 2024 election. New poll spells disaster for president with third party candidate Cornell West taking away votes he needed to win, as well as RFK. Donald Trump may be leading by a hair, but currently he's the front runner period. He's beating Biden, DeSantis, RFK, Newsom, Vivek, you name it. Tim Scott, Trump is beating every single person in the polls. And so they're trying to put him in prison. What do you think will happen if they do? He's an old man. It's not going to be some story like, you know, some historical figure, Mandela, for instance, who gets in prison, comes out and then, you know, actually leads. Trump's too old for that. They, they, are, they are following in these footsteps that so many other countries have that just lead to destruction. I think January 6th proves it all too well. The people who are currently being held without charge or trial, and there's hundreds, I think over, over 100, sorry, about 150, and plans for, I think, 1,000 more, that's what Matt Brainer was telling us. When they begin arresting people without charge or trial, do you believe that people will have faith in the system that'll be, that things are being done properly? Or do you think order is breaking down to the point where people will just stop following laws. The system is confidence. The belief that if you do wrong, you will be held accountable. The reason why Ben Franklin was correct in his assessment of Blackstone's formulation, the founding fathers believed in innocence until proven guilty, is because if regular people, if the average citizen believes that no matter what they do, no matter how good they are, they could go to prison and no one will fight for them, 
They have no incentive to be a good person. But if the people genuinely, genuinely believe that the system will protect them at all costs, they have every reason to behave and be good citizens. If the Biden administration has begun arresting innocent people without charge or, tra- charge or trial, violating their constitutional rights, for what incentive does anyone have to follow the Biden administration? At a certain point, people lose confidence, believe that Biden's completely illegitimate, and then stop following the laws enforced by his administration. This is how you end up with civil war. And this is where we are now. I'm going to do a bigger breakdown in uh, a couple hours uh, up at 4 p.m. on the uh, status of the election, because it does look look like Trump is going to win. But this story was just too too dang shocking for me. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at four, as I mentioned. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Yes, yes, I know. It's still a bit early to be talking about 2024, but my friends, we are inching ever closer to the general election. Primary season is around the corner. The campaigns are in full swing. And as of right now, Donald Trump is winning. He's beaten Biden. He's beaten DeSantis. And while there are some contenders we're very excited about, people like RFK, who's under the fray, and Vivek Ramaswamy, it still does look like it will be Donald Trump. Joe Biden, I don't know if he's going to be the nominee. Ron DeSantis, well, he's got potential, but he is sinking fast in polls, in the predicted market. And if he doesn't course correct soon, he's in serious trouble. Unfortunately for Ron DeSantis, he's surrounded by yes men sycophants who keep telling him that no matter what he does, it's perfect, even though he's sinking. Let me stress this point. Of course, I've had choice words about the DeSantis campaign for their deep fakes. If you've got people saying you've done something wrong, it's typically good to have someone say, here's why, you know, people are upset. Unfortunately for DeSantis, there are too many sycophants on social media just saying that no matter what he does, he's right and he's good. DeSantis seems to keep doubling down because of this, assuming he's doing doing well. I'll put it this way. You're driving towards a cliff and someone in the passenger seat says you're driving towards a cliff. And if you don't stop, I'm jumping out. But everyone in the back keeps screaming. You're going the right way. Ignore him. Ignore him. So you do. The guy in the passenger seat jumps out and then you drive off the cliff. And that's what I think is happening to the DeSantis campaign. The people that are around him are giving him bad advice and it's sinking him. So perhaps he will course correct in due time. But let's go through the news. Currently, Trump leads Biden in swing states that will decide the 2024 election. New poll spells disaster for president with third party candidate Cornell West taking away votes he needs to win. They say the voter survey conducted by Echelon Insights found that 48% of swing state voters would back the 77 year old real estate mogul in next year's vote. Pollsters who interviewed 1,020 voters for the study said just 41% would back Biden over the former president. Cornell West, of course, taking votes away, but there are many other individuals running for the Democratic primary. Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., Kamala Harris, Buttigieg. I don't think Kamala Harris, well, she's not running against Joe Biden, but these are there, there are many people who think it should not be Joe Biden is my point, which is why you actually have a variety of contracts over on Predict It. I like how AOC actually is, is, is a contender for president, according to this J.B. Pritzker. He's down here. The reality is that the more left leaning candidates and people like Robert F. Kennedy are going to pull votes away from Joe Biden. Now, uh, who will win the Democratic presidential nomination? Most people think it's going to be Joe Biden. Me personally, 
I would not put money on this. I could be wrong. I, I'm, look, I have no idea. I'm just saying right now, based on what we know about Joe Biden's health and people don't like him, I'm not convinced he is going to be the nominee. He is too old. Newsom makes way more sense. Faster, sharper, younger. Newsom makes a lot of sense. If I were a gambling man, I would I would I'd I'd, I'd bet on uh, on Newsom. But we'll see. In the meantime, with Donald Trump leading in the polls, we also have this from Politico. Trump pulled in more than thirty five million dollars in the second quarter. The figure nearly doubled what he raised in quarter one and suggests the indictments are helping with fundraising. I kid you not. They try to lock him up. They're helping the guy. They're going to have to put him in jail and remand him to custody to stop him from winning this one. And to be honest, he still might. They say the former president's joint fundraising committee raked in more than $35 million, according to a campaign official. That figure is twice the eight, about twice the 18.8 million the committee raised during the first quarter of the year. The joint fundraising committee is split between two entities, Trump's official campaign and his leadership political action committee, Save America. The official did not break down how much of the $35 million plus went to the campaign and how much to the PAC, but the most recent fundraising solicitations direct 90% of each donation to the former, to the former and the remaining 10% to the latter. The PAC focuses it's spending on non-campaign activity, including pay, paying the former president's legal bills. The total amount raised is likely to further cement Trump's status as the front runner for the Republican nomination. Full stop. The front runner in general. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And they're trying to put him in prison. That's why, like I mentioned this in an earlier segment, people are, some, some people have suggested there won't be an election. The only way I see that being possible is if Russia goes nuclear and we enter World War Three and then they announce we have to postpone or something like that. Maybe I just I don't see I don't see it as being actually possible because the country would be torn to shreds. If you didn't have an election, it would just be chaos and riots in the streets unless that was the goal. The campaign's full filing is said to be released through the Federal Election Commission later this month. Prior to then, Trump's campaign declined to say how much cash he currently has on hand. But the campaign has been fundraising heavily around Trump's legal cases. They mentioned that there is a, uh, you know, quote, make a contribution to peacefully defend our movement from the never ending witch hunts. Another solicitation asked supporters to prove that you will never surrender our country to the radical left. The former president also has been wooing large donors. Last month, the campaign hosted its first in-person fundraiser at his Bedminster NJ Golf Club the same evening he was arraigned in the documents case. Trump is the first major candidate to release his second quarter fundraising totals. Ron DeSantis, Trump's main rival, raised $8.2 million in the first 24 hours after his late May launch, though his campaign has not said how much he has raised since. Why? I have a strong inclination that Ron DeSantis ain't doing too well. But again, I don't know. I would not be surprised at the same time if, it is the, if the DeSantis campaign came out and said they actually raised something comparable or around what Trump has raised. We just don't know. 
DeSantis has very, very fervent fans and followers. The sycophants that surround him, they're giving him money. You know it. So if they end up reporting that they're rivaling Trump, I wouldn't be surprised. However, considering his polling, I think the honest assessment would be it's more likely he's not raising that much money. Let's talk about the latest DeSantis controversy controversy and what is hurting his chances. Ron DeSantis defends video going after Trump on LGBTQ issues. Totally fair game. The video, which was shared by the DeSantis campaign and uh, has been criticized by both Democrats and Republicans as being homophobic. Well, that's a silly thing to criticize. Homophobic is stupid. Hypocritical and deceptive, I think, is probably a better way to describe it. But uh, let's read the story here from NBC News. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis defended a controversial video Wednesday that went after former President Donald Trump over LGBTQ rights and was shared by his campaign. Quote, identifying Donald Trump as really being a pioneer in injecting gender ideology into the mainstream, where he was having men compete against women in his beauty pageants, I think that's totally fair game because he's now campaigning saying the opposite. DeSantis told conservative commentator Tommy Loren in an interview for her streaming show, Tommy Loren is fearless. They were the, his first public comments on the video. A desperate DeSantis campaign with a flailing candidate in its last throes of relevancy, Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung said when he was asked for comment on the remarks by DeSantis, one of his rivals for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination. All right. First of all, DeSantis is a stupid name. Trump, stop saying it. Wow. What a failure. That name, by the way, I'm going to tell you, look, Sleepy Joe is good. Lion Ted is good. Low Energy was good. But DeSantis is the cringiest name. Call him DeSwamptis. Call him Deep Fake, Deep Fake DeSantis. Something. Come on. But DeSantis. Oh, I can't do it. But let's take a look at what Ron DeSantis did and why it's bad for him in the long run. Here we have. Uh, here we go. Who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? Donald Trump has seen an increase now at 58 cents. Ron DeSantis dropping quite a bit to 23. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. This video that was put out by the Ron DeSantis war room was cringe. Sorry. There were, I, there were people here we, we talked about on Timcast IRL. I said it was cringe. There were people who are like, no, it was good. I like it because it plays this music. Boom, boom, boom. And it shows all these clips of like Ron DeSantis banning things, the things that we agree with to a great degree, saying things like, you know, no books, no, no weird adult books in these schools and things like that. But then it shows like Chad memes and like American Psycho and Peaky Blinders, Ron DeSantis with laser eyes. And I'm just like, oh, dude, it reeks of the I'm with it. Ho ho. Like, dude, you're not. That's not you. You're not going to be that guy. Don't. Now, look, they didn't make the video. Somebody else did. They just reposted it. Could be a common political tactic to have someone else make the content so you can share it. The reality is they shared it. Now, let's talk about the reality of why it's bad. Trump actually did well first time around because he supported LGBTQ individuals. Trump said, we're going to protect these individuals. We're, you know, a gay marriage is a settled issue. And this opened the door to moderates and liberals to actually vote for a Republican. We've seen the interviews. We've heard people say it. Now, hold on there a minute. There's a big difference between groomers and people who want to be married and live privately in their own homes. We've always been as liberals. I should say this. 
I've always been the uh, in the privacy of your own home. Do your thing. I have never been in favor of putting these weird books in schools and grooming kids to conflate what Donald Trump was saying eight years ago with what he's saying now is absurd. More importantly, even if we are focused on the modern issues and as Ron DeSantis points out, Trump was supporting trans women in women's beauty pageants, yet we disagree with those things now. A lot of this is you, you learn if Trump said, hey, this thing should be fine back then. And then we saw bad things come about. And he says, we're not going to do that anymore. I actually don't think it's fair game. I think it's silly to be like eight years ago, you said bad thing. It's like Trump's response could be like, yeah, maybe I was wrong about that. Should we do something different? Here's my point with Ron DeSantis. He's surrounded by sycophants who tell him no matter what he does, he's doing well. And for that reason, he will lose unless he course corrects. You've got 10 people surrounding you telling you you did the right thing when you didn't and you keep doing the wrong thing. Don't be surprised when your polls keep going down. I feel bad because I really like Ron DeSantis on policy. Florida, he did a really great job, but it seems like he put around him people who are just really bad at what they do. And for that, Trump's the front runner, baby. Look, we're a year and four months out. So this video is probably pointless, immaterial to the bigger questions. In a few months time, everything I said here will be completely will, will be will likely be irrelevant because look, a year in po- political terms, it's an eternity may as well be. And who knows, by November of next year, Trump might be in prison or uh, who, uh, he could be anywhere. Maybe he goes with Elon Musk to Mars. I don't know. No idea. Maybe Ron DeSantis drops out of the race. Maybe he takes the lead. Maybe he course corrects. We just don't know. But I'm telling you these things now because they matter now. And in the context of today, these are the things that we can expect based on current trends. But variables exist, so we will see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We can spend all day talking about the negative, but sometimes we got to talk about the positive. Now, I suppose you can argue that it's not all negative when we hear stories about Bud Light's failings, that in fact it is positive. But here's what I mean. Bud Light crumbling is a negative. We don't want Bud Light to fail. We want Bud Light to do right. But Bud Light did wrong. They fail. So we say, okay, good. We would argue that it is a positive thing that Bud Light is suffering. Their sales are declining because they got woke. Now they go broke. But what I mean to say is creation is positive. Destruction is negative. Sometimes bad things must be purged or destroyed. You know, uh, that's a reality. And if Bud Light doesn't want to apologize, then so be it. But it is still a negative thing to see a longstanding American brand become some European brand and then fail in this way. But in the positive side of things, let's talk about making stuff that works and building something anew. From Newsweek, Sound of Freedom beats Indiana Jones in incredible box office coup. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They thought Indiana Jones was going to be the big, the big dog all week. It did okay over the weekend. Ultimately, though, on Tuesday, with Sound of, Freedom, Sound of Freedom's launch, they actually beat Indiana Jones. And there's oh so much to talk about in this regard. Action movie Sound of Freedom has defied expectations at the box office and beaten Harrison Ford's swan song, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The movie centers around the real-life story of the founder of the anti-sex trafficking charity, Operation Underground Railroad. 
Tim Ballard. It's seen as a surprise that this relatively small scale movie outperformed what is seen as the summer blockbuster Indiana Jones on the 4th of July, a date that in the past has been dominated by the likes of Jaws, Forrest Gump and Top Gun Maverick. The feat of Sound of Freedom beating Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is even more impressive when you consider the numbers behind each movie's release. The first movie, not to be written by George Lucas or directed by Steven Spielberg, the fifth Indiana Jones had a reported budget of $295 million, if not more. Sound of Freedom, co-written by Alejandro Monteverde, cost $14.5 million to make, according to the Wall Street Journal. By today's standards, this is a pittance compared to the massive budgets assigned to your regular summer blockbusters. While, fifth, while the fifth Indiana Jones movie made 11698000 Sound of Freedom made almost its entire budget back in a day. 14242000 million. Animated movies, Elemental and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse were behind these films, taking in over $2 million each. There's some extenuating factors to consider when it comes to comparing the two in what could be seen as a David versus Goliath situation. Indiana Jones was released almost a week ago, coming out June 30th. So, of course, it's a weekend release. We get it. But July 4th is a significant release day. I get it. It was a Tuesday this year. So I think it's fair to curtail your expectations. But the reality is this. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sound of Freedom did it. Sound of Freedom hit number one for its release date. There's something to be said about that. Even though people already went and saw Dial of Destiny, many of them, they have all of the marketing power in the world. But let's break it down this way. Dial of Destiny, $300 million. How much have they made back? 80. Sound of Freedom, $15 million. How much have they made back? At this point, I'd imagine all of it. They made it back. Profit. Now, that's incredible. This is important stuff, and it's good stuff. And I really, really, really must recommend you go see this movie. Go see it as soon as you can, and you got to see it in theaters for two reasons. Let's just say the first reason is cultural. We want to win the culture war, right? We want to build a parallel economy. Okay, well, put your money where your mouth is. Spend the $7 or whatever to go see a really, really great movie. It's PG-13. I don't know if I would want to bring a kid to it, but PG-13... You know, there's nothing overtly gratuitous in the film, just insinuations. And, you know, I think PG-13 is probably correct, but it is a pretty dark movie. Tough to watch. Most people were crying. But I think uh, in terms of the parallel economy, it's uh, you should go see it. It is a good, good movie. And this is the second reason you don't want to miss the opportunity to see this one in theaters because, you know, I was talking about it last night. I've seen a lot of movies. I see a lot of movies. We went and saw The Flash recently. I did not care. It's a fun movie. You get popcorn. You're sitting there. You're having a good time with your friends. You watch The Flash run really fast, and then the movie's over. Afterwards, you forget about what mostly happened in the movie, and it was just a thing to do with your friends. Sound of Freedom is more than that. Sound of Freedom gives you a feeling that actually matters. When you're watching this movie, and many of you will probably cry, those are real tears. For the real suffering of real people, real children being exploited in traffic. And that meant something to me as I'm watching this. I'm like, man, 
I'm like watching these people all around the theater cry. I'm like, these are real tears. You know, it's one thing when you watch a fictional character go through some fictional trauma and you cry about it or whatever because you feel. But it's another thing when you know that this is based on a true story, that Operation Underground Railroad is real, that they are actively trying right now to stop these traffickers. You're not crying for some made up story. These kids they rescue. There's, there's, there, there are some fictional kids, but the general story, I don't want to spoil the movie. It's real. It really happened. They actually saved children. You're not crying for some fake story. You're crying because these kids actually were trafficked and exploited. These parents actually lost their children. And it's terrifying. But there are good people fighting back. That, that was amazing to watch a movie like that and be like, wow. You know? And there are more, there's, it's not the only movie that's ever done it. I'm just saying it's a good movie to go watch. But uh, I do think it's a big deal to support those who are creating uh, cultural endeavors outside of the mainstream. So let me talk to you. We put on music. That's right. Timcast has several songs. Check us out on Spotify. We got another song coming out soon. And uh, look, man, we make music. That's it. Not everybody likes our music. We're not making stuff that's crashing like Taylor's, like, you know, hitting like Taylor Swift to the hundreds of millions or whatever. We just make music. We do our thing, right? It is funny to see that when it comes to shows like this, my political commentary and cultural commentary, it is tenfold, a hundredfold bigger than some of the biggest bands. When you look at the music we put out, we're nowhere near as big as the biggest bands. We make music because we like to make music because I've made music since I was a little kid, since I was like six or seven years old. And uh, we've got a bunch of music that we've written. So we're going to make more. But I'll tell you, we put out a song. I think it was, um, which one beat, one of them beat Taylor Swift. It might've been uh, Only Ever Wanted. Uh, it might've been Genocide. I don't know. One of them beat Taylor Swift on iTunes. And, the, and these leftists are like, your song sucks and you didn't really beat it. iTunes doesn't matter. And I'm like, we outsold Taylor Swift. And the response I get from people is that sales don't matter. Only streams matter. That's not true. If they could sell, they would sell. You mean to tell me that these major labels made a song and were told you can get up front $2 for that song from 100 million people and they would say no? 200 million bucks? Of course they would take the money. This is what the music industry was built upon, but they can't drive the sales anymore. You know why? People just turn on their streaming service and they listen to what they're told to listen to. The machine chooses the songs, and that's it. With Sound of Freedom, people are choosing to buy. They're forwarding to their friends. They're spreading word of mouth. There's a real cultural emergence happening. When y'all buy my songs on iTunes, that is a real cultural emergence. It is a group of people banding together saying, we want to support this content. And that's all that it ever was. Do, you know, it's, it's fascinating. There's this idea. Let me tell you about skateboarding. What does it mean to be a professional skateboarder? It's simple. It means you make money, you make a living skateboarding. What could that be? Well, to any sane, reasonable person, being a professional is just that. You could teach people skateboarding and say, I'm a prof professional skateboarder in that, you know, I, I teach children and I run a skate school and there you go. To core skateboarders, people who are very immersed in the culture, being a pro skateboarder simply means they have your name on a board or product. But what does that, what does that, what does that mean? Does it mean you're good at skateboarding? No. It means your product sells. But you talk to these kids in skateboarding, they don't know that. All they think is to be pro means someone writes your name on a board. And to anyone who runs a business knows to be pro means to sell the product. That's the fascinating thing I see with all of this. They can't. 
So they would demean us. And they would say, yeah, the only reason people are seeing this movie is because it's a bunch of conservatives. Uh-huh. And it's not because they actually like the movie. What do you mean? You mean good marketing inspired people to go see a movie? The only people who see Spider-Man movies are fans of Spider-Man. For the most part, that's true. And they have marketing to fans of Spider-Man. Spider-Man has a lot of fans. People like the story. So yeah, Sound of Freedom is about trafficking. And the people who are concerned about trafficking went to go see the movie. You can't demean it. You can try, but your words are meaningless. When they come out and they criticize our films, our productions, our shows, our music, I simply say, we hit Billboard, baby. We put out music. We hit, we hit uh, Billboard, uh, multiple Billboard charts. How many bands can say that? That they've put out, we put out, uh, the last song we put out was Bright Eyes, and we didn't do a big marketing push. Because I'm not trying just to, you know, get accolades or anything like that. We got a couple more songs coming out. The reality is this. When Sound of Freedom beats Indiana Jones, it's because there is a large enough cultural movement to beat Indiana Jones. That means we are winning. It means we haven't won, but it means we are winning. Definitely go see this movie. It was incredible. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I'll see you all shortly. Well, I often say I'm not one to engage in silly e-drama. Sometimes the stories, I think, actually matter in how they shape culture. In this story, we have the Young Turks, Anna Kasparian, under fire from the left for correctly pointing out that bonus hole, as a term, is offensive. You may have seen the story. We usually save conversations like that for the members-only show over at TimCast.com, so become a member and support us there if you'd like. But in this story, there is a group in the UK that believes an appropriate alternative term for female private parts is bonus hole. That's right. They say that, you know what, if you want to refer to a private part of a lady, you can call it a bonus hole. And it actually exists in Urban Dictionary. And you know what? Surprise, surprise, it's offensive to a lot of people. For some reason, the terms relating to women are the ones that are getting erased. No one's like, we're going to get a little dirty in this segment, but I guess we have to. No one's calling guys. You don't see the left and, and fair warning. You don't see the left coming out being like, we're going to refer to men as comers or load busters. They're like, they refer to women as birthing people and menstruators. Now, there's a very simple reason why this is. Let's pause the question. Why is it that terms related to women often get erased or changed in strange ways and terms related to men do not? It is because wokeness is largely a movement of females and men tend to care a lot less unless they're like anti-woke individuals. It is not absolute. Not every man, not every woman agrees. I'm saying it is a tendency. In this clip, I'd like to play for you what is causing all of the drama with the Young Turks and Anna Kasparian. But I want to say first and foremost the reason why this matters. The Young Turks have long been liberal establishment personalities. They, in my opinion, feign being progressives, but are very, very much so just on the edge of establishment acceptable corporate media. Granted, they've said offensive and shocking things in the past, but they really do fall just on that line on the inside, not on the outside. Leftists on the outside are very different. But what's happening is because the Young Turks, you know, and I'll tell you this, they used to be very reasonable people. I think they chased after the left cult because they wanted to remain fitting in and they wanted to maintain their audience. It eventually drove them to the edges where finally they were just like, 
hey, maybe that's a bridge too far. And now Anna Kasparian, I believe, is correctly calling out phrases like bonus hole. And the point is making 100 percent correct. If you want to stop transphobia, you need to talk about what is reasonable to the average person, not just go around calling women menstruators or things like that or birthing people. She's right. What does the left do? They attack her for it. Now, I will also add, I have very little trust in the Young Turks because even after they correctly will call things out that we here at Timcast have been calling out for a long time, they still act like they're opposed to us when in fact, I'm willing to bet that when it comes to issues of actual policy, Anna Kasparian and Jen Kuger and I have very similar political views. But when it comes to matters of truth and fact, Anna and Cenk probably believe things that are factually not true. We can talk about Russiagate. We can talk about Biden, Burisma and all that stuff. And I can tell you the hard facts of the matter because I'm reading multiple sources and international sources. And I can give it to you in terms of probability. Not not everything is absolutely true when you have competing interests trying to lie. But the reality is Joe Biden did engage in a quid pro quo. It's on video. Making an excuse for that seems to make no sense. But this is what the Young Turks seem to do because they don't want to not be left wing, despite the fact that everyone's calling them right wing anyway. Let me show you exactly how it goes. Here's the video in question. Oh, I'm sorry. I always do this. You know, I always do it every single time. We'll fix the audio and press marginalized communities. I think that protecting, you know, marginalized communities, protecting the transgender community is important. However, when you move out of or move far away from making sure that they are not denied housing, making sure that they're not denied health care, when you move into like these more fringe areas of like, I mean, there was a story out of the UK this week blows my mind. Uh, there was an LGBTQ group in the UK who suggested that instead of referring to uh, vaginas as vaginas, because it might be offensive to transgender men, um, you know, one of the potential replacements or substitutes could be bonus hole. That is literal fucking propaganda. This is the same shit as when Joe Rogan went out there and said, well, guys, a guy I know, his wife works at a school where they let the kids just shit in litter boxes because they identify as cats. That's bullshit. So you got these two guys. I don't know they are. Ragging on Anna Kasparian, saying that she is lying and that it's propaganda. And Anna responded, I don't make things up. And my point is that this stuff turns people off. It's not really controversial. And Anna's correct. Yeah, this this is a story. We covered it. It's it's a it's a story. It happened. Bonus hole. Why it's going viral. Because an organization said, use the term bonus hole if some people are offended by it. Bonus hole is the term comes from a coin pusher game that you put, you know, those things where you put the quarter in and it falls down and then the thing goes out and pushes the quarters and they fall. Bon- that's what bonus hole is. It's almost like it's intended to insult women. Oh boy. Let me see. I've got a bunch of uh, tweets pulled up. I want to make sure I uh, I pull up. Where is it at? Is it this one? Here we go. This uh, trap queen enthusiast on Twitter says Anna Kasparian did the meme. And you've got people on the left one with trans flags and Republicans on the right. And of course, this is the nature of the modern left. Anna Kasparian holding up a sign in the middle that says you're both crazy. One side says we want trans rights. The Republicans are threatening to end the lives of trans people. Okay. Republicans aren't really doing that. That's not a real thing. And the people on the left who are saying we want trans rights are going well beyond the argument about housing. Anna Kasparian brings up the issues of protecting housing and medical care for trans people. So I can make it very, very clear for everybody. But y'all know me anyway. Trans people absolutely must get health care. Real health care. You can't discriminate. I don't think you should discriminate. 
In fact, I lean more towards the liberal view of providing services to everyone because of the shared common spaces. Libertarians disagree because they don't believe in common common public spaces, you know, public spaces or, or whatever the commons. But uh, I think if we're all paying taxes currently in the system, you should accommodate to the best of your ability. I certainly understand when it comes to that wedding cake thing in Colorado. It's like they weren't denied service. They were denied a specific written message. That's a very interesting question. So but ultimately, it's like, don't discriminate against people and, uh, you know, provide general service. We'll all get along because we need to get along. So when it comes to the legitimate question of a trans person is suffering some medical issue, yeah, they should be able to go to the doctor. There should, there should be no discrimination there. But you see what they're really saying is they want children to get sex changes. Well, I don't think we have any real definitive science or on-label medications that warrant that currently. I'm not a doctor, so it's just my opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Some people say, I agree with the AMA and disagree with the Scandinavian countries that abandoned this. My attitude is, I certainly understand the position by many of these medical organizations. They are certainly making a lot of money, to be honest. But if desistance rates are so high, then it seems like the safest course of action logically would be non-intervention. Hey, but far be it for me, I'm not a doctor. I'll just tell you what I think we should do. I'll tell you what's going on. In Florida, in many other states, they're banning this based on the science and the left is getting mad about it. By all means, argue in favor or, or whatever in, in, for your political opinions. But the thing here is that Anna Kasparian is not saying anybody's like, she's not coming out and arguing that it is crazy to say trans people have a right to life. She's saying when you use terms like uh, womb haver, menstruator and bonus hole, you are pushing people away. And she is correct which is why we are in this political space here at Timcast, because policy wise, probably a liberal, yeah, pro-choice, progressive taxes, all that good old traditional liberal stuff. But when it comes to the issue of facts, yeah, I guess conservative uh, reality has a conservative bias these days. Look at how they're lying about Anna, claiming that Republicans want to kill trans people and they only want rights and she's attacking both of them, which is a complete fabrication. This is what they do. Now, I'll stress the point. The fact that Anna Kasparian and the Young Turks are still feigning this being liberal thing is why I don't trust them at all. I think the Young Turks are crashing into their, They can't have their cake and eat it, too. Here's my position. I got started doing all of this. And I said, I don't care what your opinion is. I care about what the facts are. Have your opinion based on the facts. So certainly people got mad and said, you changed, man. What happened? And I'll be like, the fact said X, I said X, and you got mad. Have a nice day. All the Occupy Wall Street people being like, what, what happened to Tim? Oh, he used to be honest. Remember when I filmed the far leftist deflating the tires in New York? Yeah. Remember when the far left in New York, the black, black block people threatened me with violence and physically attacked me? Nothing has changed in that regard. I'm going to say what is to the best of my abilities. And that means I lose followers. It comes and goes in waves. I had Trump supporters really supporting me. And then they got mad because I said Trump didn't win the election and he didn't. You see how it goes? They say Tim's just grifting to get right wing support. And then come the election, I said Trump did not win. It was not stolen in the context of Chinese ballots and satellites and all that stuff. And a lot of people got mad and unfollowed me. Okay, what am I going to do about it? Just lie for followers? Mm. That's what I think the Young Turks do. That's my opinion. And I think what's happening now is the Young Turks are crashing into the problem of you can't be a big, uh, a big platform calling women bonus hole havers because it offends too many women. So you have to call it out. But uh oh, the progressives you've courted 
Well, now they don't want to follow you. That's why the best thing you can do is just be true to what you think and what you believe and just stand by it. And if the end result is nobody wants to follow you, at least you knew you stood your ground. This is where we're at. I love this one. This is a YouTube video. Hassan himself didn't say this. It just, it's on Google. Anti-Anna Kasparian goes further right wing. There are a bunch of clips that have been put up showing that Anna Kasparian uh, uh, claiming that she's right wing, claiming Cenk Uyghur is right wing. And, and here's one of my favorite ones. Take a look at this. This uh, one Twitter user, Hassan, highlighted says, always amazing to me that Anna and Cenk keep seeing Hassan getting more and more popular. And instead of thinking, hey, maybe we got to shift a bit more to the left, perhaps be a little more loose and casual, they go to the opposite. Quote, what if we were Tim Pool? Hmm. Okay. What if you were? Let's talk about that. The Young Turks have been around for a very, very, very long time, and something's holding them back. They used to be bigger. Now they're smaller. I wonder why. Tim Cast has been around for a couple of years, and we are arguably one of the most successful and fastest growing media companies uh, around. Independent, I should say. No financial investment, no big backers, doing it all on our own. And uh, we are wildly successful with around 30, 35 or so employees growing new shows. We have a new multi-million dollar facility under construction. We're doing really well, thanks to you guys as members primarily. So maybe the issue is not that Hassan is getting more popular. Sure, he's a big streamer who's found his audience. But maybe the Young Turks are starting to realize the real average person doesn't want to be called a menstruator. We had Lance from the Surfs on the show. I'll wrap it up with this. I asked him, if you went to MG, if you went to DC National Harbor, they got the casino there, they got the Ferris wheel, and you stood before all of the people there and, and proclaimed that, I want to be, I want to be family friendly. Engaging in adult activities with a biological male who was trans is not gay. Would they agree with you? And he said, no, of course not. And I said, you're in a cult. Hassan Let's say this. His market cap is 10 million people out of 7 billion. Moderate, reasonable behavior has a market cap of probably 70 million. So Hassan can become the most prominent among a smaller pond. And maybe the Young Turks are trying to reach regular people. And it seems like that's what Anna Kasparian is trying to do. Well, good luck to him. The left will cannibalize you, and that's the nature of reality. I'll leave it there. Next segment is tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.